thought we're returning quickly back to Rob's original podcast. He has a new book out. So here at Pop Minority, we like to, to uh, support people in their work. So we're just going to take two or three minutes and Rob's going to talk you about talk to you about his new book. And I'll put the link in the text uh, part of the uh, description of the podcast. All right, Rob, go ahead. Awesome, buddy. Great to be back with you, buddy. So I've just released a book on Amazon. I published it. It's called Mastering the Art of Mindful Thinking. It deals with the subject of uh, overthinking and, and gives techniques. And it's a self-help course on controlling and what I call editing your thoughts, being able to distinguish between what, what are real thoughts, what are made-up thoughts, and uh, how it actually affects your mental health and even your physical health. Uh, I believe we even touch base with that yep. in, in the interview. Yep. So I finished this book and, uh, and, it, and it's now out on, on uh, Amazon, Kindle and all that kind of stuff. And it really delves into a self-help course that uh, shows you what, how to recognize at first what overthinking is and how to distinguish it uh, and then eventually, my favorite chapter, I got to jump to it, is, is chapter four, which is filling your thoughts with facts, understanding the importance <laughs> of facts. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, go Different ahead. Facts, predictions, and hypothetical situ uh, scenarios. And it gives you techniques, really, really um, mindful, if I could use that term, techniques to gather and analyze, you know, relevant information and be able to kind of get a grip on uh, what is what is a fact and, and what is uh, uh, your mind kind of wandering off into uh, into fictional uh, almost fantasy uh, yeah. you know a lot of the times in life we say what we're going to do or we think what we're going to do we, we we get all wound up in scenarios in our heads and 99% of the time they don't even happen that way yeah <laughs> so all of a sudden you put yourself through this whole stress thing this whole, you know, and, and it can manifest itself, especially guys like us when we get a little older. Uh, uh, physical symptoms start to, to manifest themselves. Yep. So this is just a nice self-help course um, that that allows you to, to understand what overthinking is and that the only thing you can actually control in life is your thoughts. I, I can't control other people and their thoughts. I can't control the environment. I can't even control freaking political system. You know what I mean? And all the bullshit that's going on nowadays and that has happened in the last three years, I'm seeing this epidemic of uncontrolled overthinking manifest itself almost on with everybody to a certain degree uh, and how it's affecting their lives and the people around them. And this course really delves into that in detail and offers solutions and techniques for how to overcome and to gain control of the only thing you can control in life, which is your thoughts and to be able to identify, Hey, is that a real, is that reality based or is that fictional based and, and be able to distinguish between the two and replace your, your, those thoughts with editing is what I did. It's like writing and uh, and um, and be able to have a better better life and a more calm, you know, uh, uh, a mindset. Uh, so you can just even just do basic 
tasks in life and 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 have a better fulfilling relationships and 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 careers i because it really it, it affects so many people on such a level and uh it's 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 gone rampant you, oh. you can just so who would it, who would it is there any general audience this would be focused on or is there a rage age group that we'd be looking at or is it just um, well, I, I I don't know between eighteen and and you know ninety nine kind of thing. Uh, anybody <laughs> anybody that's that's uh, feeling the anxiety, which is focusing on the future that hasn't happened yet. Uh, depression, which is focusing on the past, which you're stuck in. Okay. You know, you get yourself stuck in. It grounds you. There's techniques that ground you, get you into the present and, and allows you to be able to catch those kind of fictional thoughts or thoughts that you have been constantly replaying and replaying in your mind and you just can't shake it. So the general audience is the general audience to me. Anybody that uh, that's able to uh, to recognize uh, overthinking and how what it uh, effect has on them. Uh, and and how to actually implement these uh, these techniques. Okay, so I'm just going to finish up then. What's the name of the book? It's called Mastering the Art of Mindful Thinking. And it's not physical yet, but you can get it soon on Amazon. Yeah, it is. You can get both the ebook on Amazon uh, yep. .ca, and uh, and now the paperback is also available, and the hardcover will be coming out soon. All right. Thank you. We'll put that in the podcast. Thank you, Rob. Buddy, you got it. All right. See ya. Thanks. Okay. Bye. This is the Black Rocks and Revolution. Samurai Punk Feminist Solution. White noise, your audio pollution. This is not a test. Calling all your slaves to the ground. Calling out your grace for the mind. Had eyes, but still you are blind. This is not a test. Brad here. You over there. His leg was severed and was sitting on the floor in the car, completely cut off. And then he went into shock and passed out. This is what happened to Rob Taylor, episode seven here. When he was 17 years old, his leg got severed below the knee. And, um, uh, they didn't think it was gonna work out. Rob's dad insisted that they put his leg back on and this this is a incredible story of music actually it's the first episode that we have in the Pop Murray Report this music and healing and this one's a big one Rob through drumming who we're going to meet here in a minute in the podcast just through drumming and being intensely focused on drumming brought his uh, leg back to life and had a full career in music it still does drumming and this is a testament to music and healing so you're gonna want to listen to this one Rob spent seven years in LA working the music scene he's got stories there and um, also he was in the first band that I remember and is growing up that was only a two-piece obviously that's popular nowadays quiet over there uh, 
noisy truck. You know, two-piece bands like the White Stripes are common, but their band, Our Talk, was in the late 70s, early 80s doing a two-piece band, guitar and drums. So, I keep talking here. Let's get into it. Rob Taylor over there. Brad here. Let's do it. We got Rob here, Rob Taylor. And this is our first episode of... This is Brad here. <laughs> Brad Ski. Brad here. Everybody over there. Uh, <laughs> Alan, you can only put the mic on when, when you got to talk, right? So I'm going to talk for now because it is noisy. Anyways, that's life on the road. So it's life on the road. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is our first episode. We have three areas. We cover music and healing, music and education, and music technology. This is our first one, music and healing. Love it. So, yeah, this is great. I, me and Alan have been blown away by all the different, you know, responses we're getting. We were kind of expecting to go this far. But uh, so, Rob, let's uh, let's just get started. Um, I, I'm assuming because I, I know you've I was in public school when I heard about you and Roby in our talk. Yes. Just so everybody knows. The next band that only had a guitar and drums in Canada that I remember were the Inbreds, and they they came around in the early '90s. So our talk was probably a decade before that. Absolutely, absolutely. So they so just saying, so you know, that there was just two two. I don't know who sang the band, but there's just two people. Both Roby and I sang. So that's just to get us yeah. started. So just to, yeah, just to get it. Then we then we got Berlin Vidisi on keyboards. So okay, it was so kind of a three-piece yeah, three piece, uh, with no bass player, like no, you know, right. keyboards player was like the kind of the doors thing with the left hand on the bass. All right. Okay. Yeah. Right. That kind mm -hmm. of a thing. So it was fun. Yeah. So what, let's go back to when sort of, when music sort of struck you. I don't know when that would have been, it could have been at five years old or I, I don't know, sort of go back there. My dad was in the Guelph Warriors drum corps in the uh, early 60s when I was born. He was in it for quite a few years playing snare drum. Okay. So I'd go to the practices and then while they're in the in the club room getting hammered, <laughs> I was in the in the in the practice room just banging on drums and I was just a little kid. So my dad's my biggest influence as far as that's concerned right. uh, as far as being doing drums and and, and and having that as an influence so so uh, very early we're talking young here we're talking two or three years old then uh, yeah i was talking yeah and then you know all through uh till i was eight uh, nine or ten he, he quit uh, you know yeah and, and, uh, yeah so, so uh it's just so everybody knows guelph is is in sort of the same region as kitchen waterloo in southern ontario canada yeah. I'm, I'm in kitchener here i think rob's in kitchener and yeah now, i am Al's in Toronto. We're going to let Al talk when he can because it's really noisy background, but that's okay. Understood. I'm good. Um, so, the, so was it by then sort of that you, that you knew some music was going on or was it later? In your earlier, just like sort of, well, I'm just playing this. I, 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 I connection I may not have been there, right? I, I wanted to be an archaeologist at first and, and, <laughs> wow. and all that. And I had a small museum and I got in the Galt newspaper when I was eight for selling you know charging a nickel to come see my museum but i always had that music thing going on so by the time i reached 12 or 13 i was like i, I really wanted to play drums i really wanted to do music play guitar sing i wanted to do all of those those things and then you know 
Nigel Olson from Elton John, uh, Robbie Bachman, who just passed away. Uh, Robbie Bachman know, was, uh, was in Bachman Turner Overdrive, a big Canadian. Now, you know, I'm listening to those drummers and trying to cop the records. And then Kiss and Rush came along and yeah. and and <laughs> Getting High came along and Girls <laughs> came along. And it was like, you know, yeah. you're done. I'm 14, 15, you're done. It's, <laughs> you know what yeah. you're doing. Right for the rest of your life. <laughs> okay, and, um, yeah. so that's how that's how I, I it all kind of started. I, I've been surrounded by drums and influenced by drums and music most of my life. So, okay, cool. so you had been listening to Rush as early oh, as yeah. when they first came out. Well, I, I saw them in uh, December '76 at the uh, Maple Leaf Gardens. Chilliwack and Wireless opened up, so this is just like. All the world's a stage 2112 days. And when I when I got to meet them in 77, yeah. backstage at the Kitchener Rod, and you've probably seen the the pictures and yeah, and, you know, stuff like that. Then Neil became I became obsessed with Rush. Rush, you know me. Yeah. Uh, that was the main thing. Plus Floyd and Zeppelin and then all the other drummers and the shit that I've I've done ever since, the people I got to work with and in LA and all that stuff, it just became this lifetime of stuff. Okay, so I don't know what what were you doing in LA? I don't know really what we were doing there. No, I, I Roby was in LA working at Ocean Lake, and okay. he, he was recording with the Stones and you know Crosby, Stills and Nash, and that's, you know that's odd. David Crosby just passed away because they were friends. Right. Yeah, and he invited me down in '99, and I came down, and the boss loved me who owned the Mint recording studio and nightclub. Next thing you know, I'm managing the nightclub, managing the recording studios, the in-house drummer, lyric guy, running the place. My whole life <laughs> changed, you know, it's just this massive adventure. I spent seven years doing that. Didn't come home at all. Just was totally, but that was, you know, later on. And I got to meet and work with the best drummers and the best musicians on the face of the earth, dude. The guy, the real guy, Tony Thompson. <laughs> I don't know who these it guys are, but I'll leave you they're good. Like just uh, Kenny Aronoff. I mean, oh, I know Charlie Kenny. Drayton. Like, oh my God. Like these guys were friends and then took me in like family because of the people that I, I knew and worked with. And I got to learn some of the I feel like now after all these years. I actually know how to play really good. <laughs> it's like I finally got the, you know, the the influence and the work with the best, and to to be involved uh, on such a level that now I'm like, fuck, now I can really play this shit. And play this. <laughs> okay, but that can but that. But then we go back to let's go back to seven, 1979, yeah. March first. I got into a bad car accident, and my kick drum, my main foot, which was already playing Zeppelin triplets. Okay, what year 16, was this? Sorry, what year? 1979. I was 17. 17, okay. So I get my leg chopped off in a car accident for it, real. For real, like it's come off? Like it fell on the floor and I was awake and then I went into shock. That's, and they sewed it back on and my dad told them to put it back on and save it because they wanted to take it off. It was that bad of an injury. And, and and if you saw it, you'd be like, holy shit. Like, it's it's very scarred and very thin, the lower leg level. And uh, long story short, 
put it back on, believe it or not. Wow. And ironically, the best physiotherapy for it was playing the bass drum pedal. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this. They're, they're like, the, yeah. we don't know any other other physiotherapy for an injury of that kind that can match playing, keep playing. Huh. And the story continues because after 40 years, this thing has healed and muscles that were missing for quick bumps have, yeah. have netted back. So my foot is, is back to where it was when I was 16. It took a long, long time. In the meantime, I got to work with the best drummers. I got to, to do these immense things and my foot, as long as I keep playing that bass drum, I have the physiotherapy and after 40 years and I have a specialist and I have seen the, the, uh, the x-rays, latest x-rays, and it is a, a miracle that I got to keep it, let alone what keeps it going and healthy and not deteriorating is playing the freaking bass drum and playing drums intensely, you know, the way I like to, to, yeah, to play. Intense, yeah. And so it's, it's, it is an actual, and I know a lot of healing is meant for spiritual stuff, which it has done too, but it literally physically has healed that kind of an injury better than anything could have. And, and you attach the spiritual aspect to yeah. that and how that you know, keeping a good, good brain and a good mind and being calm and, and not stressing and all, all that shit contributes to the your physicality so having these experiences and being able to to keep learning and keep progressing and keep playing literally has saved it's the life of it let alone my own life and and, and as a career in music and, and and you know after that kind of an injury most guys would be I mean, I should have went into computer science. <laughs> you know, yeah. I probably made a lot more money or whatever. But you know that it made me more passionate. It made me more have a drive to I'm going to conquer this kind of an injury. And drumming has saved it. I could literally couldn't have picked a better profession. Yeah. To save that kind of an injury, literally. So that's so that story. <laughs> so. Al, before I continue, Al, can you you uh, step in here and ask questions as my partner here? Go ahead. Sure. Uh, I mean, that's that's quite the story. Uh, we're all on we're all on a journey, and uh, that's 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 definitely a story I have not, I've never heard before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what 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 are you what what are you what are you, what are you doing now? Uh, right now. Um, just to just to be honest with you, the last two years uh, during COVID, I wrote a book on the seven years that because I, I kept I've kept a journal and a diary. I wrote a book on the seven years that I was in L.A. because I wrote everything down. Now, half of it I can't tell <laughs> because it was just too much of too much. But the people I work with, the musicians, all all the and how it interplayed and, and, and played out. I wrote as a book. Next thing you know, I'm playing with Paul Allen at Rock Hudson's house up in Malibu. You know, the guy who invented Microsoft with Bill Gates. Oh, yeah. One of the, he, he passed away. He was a good personal friend. You know, if I didn't learn my Hendrix, 
with Mundell and, and Roby back in the day. If I didn't learn that Jack Smith and I didn't, we didn't, I would not have been ready for that moment that happened in front of Kevin Costner and Robbie Robertson. This is all in my book, like this level of, and this is a small example of how it's, it, it, it connects down the line where it's something happened that is so important that later on in life, it wouldn't have happened the way it happened. Had you not done this or met this or worked with these people and then it's it's like connecting the dots in the universe and how things can come full circle and reconnect and become this amazing thing amazing song amazing documentary amazing moment in music history and we connect the dots and it's like the story of your life how things happen and 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 then later on in life something occurs that connects it all together and you just go, God, if we didn't do that back then, this yeah. moment would never have freaking happened. And okay. we show that journey. We show that journey in these documentaries. Okay. Um, the next question is, because it just dawned on me, what what part of your life sort of disappeared when Neil Peart died? Oh, God. I remember exactly where I was when I, I my sister texted me. And... Uh, and because you didn't hear, something was weird, though, because there's three and a half years where you didn't hear from him. And I followed him in, on his websites and, you know, and, and, and whatever. And, and there was this, and it was like, something's weird. Something's going on with Rush. You don't really think negative or anything. But, but when I, yeah, that was, the thing about Neil with me is the guy lost his daughter and his wife and came back and put rush rush became even more popular you know and and he put out more records and came back like a hero like like agree, holy yeah. shit how do you recover from something like that yeah you know what i, I mean and and his story is so heroic to me and you you know how everybody felt this way about him i i think to some some degree he when he got to the top of the mountain and retired on top and remarried and had another daughter and had a whole life. And then this happens to the guy. The weirdest thing hits me. It's like, if I have problems and I'm thinking I'm going through some freaking problems in my life, really? Yeah. Just look, look at the number one hero of our lives and look what he did and how he faced loss and his own death with dignity, with like, and yeah, of course it's going to be horrible, but the guy's a hero. One of the greatest heroes in, in, in history, in music history, let alone one of the greatest drummers and all that stuff. Him as a person and, and, and what he achieved as, yeah. as an artist. I mean, I try to remember like, God, I mean, that guy achieved the greatest kind of success any drummer could ever dream about in the face of such adversary, such tragedy. There's no excuse for any of us. You know, like, right. So, the, so I'm getting the nugget out of that is the, um, uh, is it sets you back to the gratefulness of life. Yes. Um, so when, so, so I've experienced a lot of miracles throughout my life with music. And one of them was with Alan, because Alan, me and Alan ran a, a theater. And um, we would be in situations where, because there was no real money in this situation, and we had to figure out solutions. And because we were both tied to, to music, and that was our first goal, 
some miracles came out of it, right? And Alan, can you just fill in and you know fill in a bit on that uh, through that you know through music and how things just came together? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, to, to the simplest uh, form of it, I mean, we were running some of the uh, largest, uh, the largest uh, shows that were coming through North America for the hardcore scene back in 2007, 2008. And uh, that was by accident, if not a miracle, that nobody got killed. <laughs> and, I, and I'm not kidding. I'm not no, kidding. I believe it. I believe it. But I... Through those experiences of music, I think that those things have always been at awe with me. Like, you always doing anything else, you know. I, you know, I, yeah. I probably wouldn't be here actually if it wasn't for music. I, you know, it just wouldn't work out, right? <laughs> so these podcasts yeah. have become really, uh, really powerful in a short time. Short time. Yes. Right, sorry, yeah. I'll go ahead. Is that it, Alan? Yeah, the noise here is is pretty loud. I'm sorry about that. But this is an amazing. This is amazing. Uh, what you know, meeting you and and, uh, yeah. and your stories are amazing. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. incredible. Well, Brad and I have known each other for a long, long time. <laughs> um, I think it's uh, what was the guy that wrote? Uh, Tom Petty said, he said, uh, music's real magic. It's for real. You know, it's he real. said everything else is kind of like. You know, it's not real, but he said, when I, being a part of music, it's actually tangible magic. Yes. Anything you got to say about that? But it's, that it, I've had such experiences where the music, it's like, where is this music coming from moments? How did we oh, yeah. get to this point? And yeah. this is... This is coming out out of out of our fingers and out of our out of our vocals and 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 our limbs and it's 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 the connection of people. Yeah, that all of a sudden there's this and 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 it reflects on on the storytelling that we're doing and how things connect in the universe. It can transcend everything. Like it just it it's like how the hell do we come up with that and yeah. and have an audience that's universal that just is singing along with you or is just is connected with you to me that's that's how did you get there it's it, it, and then then that for that magic to actually happen it's the it's the people to me uh, and what they everybody brings the gifts they bring to the table musically and even your audience you know yeah i just i, I remember I was talking to Rob before. I can't remember if we were talking or we were on the text. I Anyways, I, I'm thinking about music and healing somewhere else. And then Rob comes and goes, listen, you know, I lost my leg. And yep. and it's through music that uh, that sort of brought it back together. And I went, oh, I, I, you know, I'm thinking to myself, oh, that, yeah, that's music and healing in a, in a way that I never thought of. I was thinking something yeah, actual, actual physical. <laughs> and I went, oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. so I said, and Rob goes, no, I can talk about education. I can talk about, I said, I, I'm thinking to myself, no, no, that, that's yeah, yeah. the path we need to take, right? Exactly. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. Exactly. You know, like music so, saves, music saves lives, man. It yes. saves your life. It can save yourself spiritually. Like, like when it's just you and your music sometimes and you and a song, it's, it's a lifesaver. And to put it together with the actual physical things that I went through to 
to, to save me physically, which is a lifesaver again. I mean, to lose my leg is, I'm, I'm out of the game at that point to a certain degree, right? Yeah, you're 17, you're going, what, what's the future of my life? Right? Like, it's like, it's, well, yeah, I imagine I, be 17, right? But it's, um, you know, prime, you know. I yeah. never thought of, you know, because I'm thinking about it right now and I'm thinking about that I'm, I, my scope is pretty narrow right now about music and healing, but I think it's going to, I don't know about you, Al, but I think it's, I was going to start to widen as we talk to more people about how far, how far reaching it is. It really is. And if if you connect it, like I have over the years where your thoughts and your emotions that go with those thoughts and and good thoughts and all that and, and negative thoughts can actually physically manifest themselves physically where your, your shit starts breaking down. Right. As we get older, it's one thing, but, if that thought, you know, and keeping keeping your mind that stresses to me is the biggest killer to me in all aspects. And music, if you, when that healing thing from just the listener, you don't have to even be a musician. When you go yes, and you, yes. you you that it's this is a healing thing, man, for human beings, and it helps the thinking and it puts you in that that frame of mind where you can be healthier. <laughs> in so many different ways uh, you know and let alone how we've adapted it to to my physical uh, healing but it's hand in hand the spiritual and the physical to me are so hand in hand and so closely related that yeah uh, it's, there's the, it's it's unlimited to what music can do we're spiritual beings for everybody out there watching the podcast listening around the world yeah, yeah. You just might want to check. Okay, yeah, yeah, I am. Okay, you got. We're spirit for people first, and then then the uh, the physical shows up later. Um, Okay, so I have less than ten minutes left. So what we do at Rob the Ten is there a story you can tell us? You've already told our story about that, but is there another story you can tell us? Could be good or bad, or could be sad, happy, um, to exit us out of our podcast here. Something that comes to mind. God. I mean, I, I keep, there's so many, uh, there's so many blessings and working with this pick one that you think people. is, is here <sighs> in the right now. Um, well, working with Robert Downey Jr. Is he an and actor? He, is he famous? Yeah. Iron Man in the Avengers. Okay? You worked with him? I worked with him before. If I would have known he was going to be Iron Man, he would him, you know, <laughs> anyways, okay. but, uh, I, I met him when I first got to LA within the first three days, a joke was played on me and I had to drive two huge duffel bags of, of uh, clothes to this place up in Malibu in my boss's Mercedes. So here I am just a newbie and they're playing a joke on me. So I drive it up to Malibu, going to this ranch uh, and, and between the mountains, I'm freaking out already. And I walk up and it's Robert Downey Jr. Was he famous then? And he was famous then. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chaplin. I don't know about him. Anyway, anyway, you know who he is now. Yeah. uh, But he wasn't as famous as he is now back then. This was 1999. I mean, when I first got to L.A. Um, And then a couple years later, he, uh, I mean, he got got up and sang at this uh, Sting's birthday party and showed everybody how great a vocalist he is and a piano player. He's a great musician. 
Really? So he was working with some of the LA cats that I knew there and they were rehearsing and doing some recording at, at, at our studio at the Mint and uh, getting to work with him and how, cause he was a bad boy and went through a lot of drug shit and whatever and, and being charged and, and going to jail and shit like that. And he, him and his wife, Susan, who's a sweetheart, they changed their life completely around. And just just the professionalism I got to learn from a guy like that. When to take a break and when to when to everybody chill. If there's a problem, let's 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 look after it. And he was just just a sweetheart uh, to me. He treated me so good. <laughs> but you know things like that come up into my mind because I got to meet and get to know and to get personal with a lot of a lot of great people who are huge actors, but they're great musicians. You know, oh, okay, yeah. Dennis, I didn't know he played Dennis, music. Oh yeah, and he's fantastic. He's a killer singer. You know, guys like Dennis Quaid who who played Jerry Lee Lewis uh, in in a movie. He would come down and hang out and play piano. These these were killer killer musician actor guys. That surprised me. You, you just you wouldn't you wouldn't know that they were they were on that level. So so Sting, were you at the show with Sting? I wasn't. I wasn't. He was. Uh, I just. It's all on YouTube and all that. But I wish I would have been. It was uh, Sting's birthday party, but Robert Downey got up and sang with Sting and uh, driven to tears and was. He just oh, yeah. everybody saw. Yeah, how good he really, really was. It blew everybody away. And he's a sweetheart. Just a sweetheart. So. Oh, cool. Um, Alan, do you have anything else to say here? You want to? chime in in the noisy world there you are that's right yeah yeah no you got to, you got some amazing stories it, it's it, it sounds like you've been on an amazing journey and uh yeah yeah you know we're talking about that we're spiritual uh you know um yeah. from dust we came and dust we will return and the breath of yeah. god is the spirit of life that we have and yeah. and uh you know i just wish you all the best as you as you carry on and you it sounds like you've got lots ahead of you with you know telling another, your story another, yeah another adventure is coming man i i know it it's already happening so it's very exciting i'm, I'm very blessed very blessed <laughs> that's great <laughs> okay well that that's our podcast thank you rob and, uh, Thank you guys. Uh, great seeing you guys and, and you too, Brad. And, and you know, <laughs> is there a name for this new um, this thing you're submitting to uh, Netflix? Has it got a name that we should talk about? We're not even allowed to do that yet. And uh, not right now. Okay. No. My company, new media company, is Shiny Bike Media. Okay, so look so, up for Shiny Bike Media. Shiny Bike uh, Media, exactly. That's it's, that's it's our coming. It's, <laughs> it's this year will be will be yeah. <laughs> right here, you over there. So that's a wrap with episode seven and uh crazy story about healing and music man like on a whole nother level and um and uh rob's uh early influence like before he was five years old was watching his dad play a snare drum i guess in a, a marching band funny where inspiration comes from early on and um just a reminder that uh that we're spiritual people first meaning we come from the infinite and we, we come here to live call, we came here to, on earth to live what is called the, the human condition or the human journey which has
a beginning and ending, but really we're boundless. And uh, so, and Rob follows that philosophy. So thank you, Rob, for being on this episode, and I hope everybody enjoyed it. All right, Brad here. Podcast people over there, Brad out. <laughs> <laughs>